Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 9th, 2011. And we're going to segue now into point number two, which is GMO crops. I haven't really talked a lot about this specific subject. I have mentioned certain things, but I've never really done a study. And this is, we're going to kind of, a little more than broaching this subject, we're, we're going to really be looking, because this really is something that's in our face and something that we're literally dealing with, even though you're dealing with it unknowingly, every time you go into a grocery store. And I'm going to talk more about the unknowingly part uh, as well. So, GMO crops. Since these crops are patented, no one really knows exactly what type of genes are spliced into their DNA. Now, because they're patented, that means that the government and or the mega conglomerate Companies like Monsanto and ConAgra and these types of ones can have total uh, control over their growth, over the distribution, over the seeds that they sell. It's patented. Now see, this is a big reason why drugs were made in the first place as well. It's all It always comes back to money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, let's say we look at white willow bark. Okay, which is really good for headaches. It's what aspirin was originally derived from, at least a component of aspirin, which is called acetosalicylic acid. What happens is, way back when, they say, well, we can't patent an herb. It's here, it's nature, whatever, whatever they want to give credit to. I'll give credit to the Lord Jesus Christ, who created all things. But they said, well, we can't patent an herb because it grows naturally. But if we isolate a component of the herb, and let's say we're going to dub it as the active component of the herb, and we synthesize it in the laboratory, which makes it totally different than the way it actually occurs in nature. It turns it into a drug, which will have side effects, which is toxic, okay, which doesn't, you know, it's not anything like the herb it was actually derived from, from that standpoint. Then we can patent it, though, and make tons of money. Because nobody else can infringe on our patent. That's what they're doing now. With they figured out a way now to actually do this literally with the plants. So, these crops are patented. No one really knows exactly what types of genes are spliced into their DNA. Remember what I keep saying about the DNA? It always comes back to the DNA. Satan's always trying to corrupt the DNA of mankind. And this is what a lot of this boils down to today. And I've talked about the vaccines. We'll talk about them more today. The GMO crops. All the things that they're doing us to try to destroy and corrupt our DNA. And then the transhumanism movement, where we've got people actively seeking to corrupt their own DNA through, let's say, vaccinations or through designer drugs or through um, actually adding to our human physiology with implants, brain arrays that are implanted into the head, becoming what they term as post-human, meaning they're not fully human anymore. It's all on the same agenda. Satan is always trying to corrupt and destroy anything God put here. And that includes the plants. Animals, fish, you name it. So, 
<clears throat> no one knows exactly what types of genes are spliced into their DNA. They call them terminator seeds, meaning they do not produce seeds for future planting and must, must be purchased by farmers every year. Now, this, from a satanic standpoint, brilliant, because what they do is not only is the DNA corrupted, not only is that by itself, if we consume that food, going to produce who knows what kind of horrific side effects down the road and kill us a whole lot quicker, but how they control the farmers is, is not only are the seeds patented and you have to pay a whole lot more money for them, but they, um, the, the, the seeds in and of themselves must be purchased every year again in order to plant your crops. I have no idea why the farmers ever went in for this to begin with. Did, didn't, they had to see that they were going to be under the total control of Monsanto once they started going down this wicked road. And it's not natural. It's not natural to have corn that you can't take the corn from that ear of corn and plant it the next year. What farmers used to do is... Plant their seeds, harvest, put aside a portion of the harvest seeds for next year's planting. And that way they were always assuring themselves that they had seeds for the next year's crops. They can't do that anymore. Not unless they're, they're farming like non-GMO or organic. And I don't know what the percentage of that is now, but you know... I don't know. I know that the government, uh, particularly like with corn, the government pays them subsidies to the farmers so that they will produce this garbage GMO corn that they could never sell as edible. That, I mean, that's what they make high fructose corn syrup with. This I saw a whole documentary on this. They produce this garbage corn that just tastes like garbage. I'm sure it's GMO. And the government pays them, subsidizes their crops in order to grow this garbage. Without that government subsidy, they would lose money on every whatever, on, on, on the crop itself. They'd lose money like crazy. So they're totally dependent on the government at this point, who's paying them to grow this garbage. And that's just one example of corn being grown for corn syrup. So, going further here, uh, let's see here. So, they, they are called terminator seeds, meaning they do not produce seeds for future planting. They must be purchased by farmers every year. The original theory was to blend Monsanto's herbicide, Roundup, into the gene of the plant so that the crops could be sprayed with Monsanto's Roundup without killing the plant. Nothing like eating Frankenfood. Like an ear of corn with two little Frankenstein bolts out the side of its neck. You know how Frankenstein had the bolts out the side of its neck? That's what I picture an ear of corn being in this Frankenfood garbage from the pit of hell. This is evil. Roundup. I used to use that stuff when I was in my grandma and grandpa's lawn service. I would work with them over the summer, the whole summer. And that's how I earned money over the summer. For years and years I did this in Florida. And I can remember, you know, it was usually the end of the week and my grandpa would give me the thing of Roundup. Um, 
or I'd mix it up. Didn't take a lot. And that stuff would kill weeds like nothing else would kill weeds that I had ever used. And I thought it was great, but I can also remember, you know, invariably winds blowing stuff, you kind of inhale some of that garbage. You know, how much of that (laughs) hurt me, obviously. But what Monsanto has tried to do is blend this Roundup into the gene of the plant. Blending a pesticide into the DNA of a plant so that the crops could be sprayed with Monsanto's Roundup without killing the plant. So they could just ladle the pesticides over the plant and they don't got to worry about not getting... Because see, before, I mean, you spray Roundup on anything that's going to kill it. No, 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 no. We'll just, we'll just alter the DNA of the plant, splice it into the genes so it's Roundup ready. These seeds are Roundup ready Terminator seeds. I mean, the concept of it is so horrific and so ghastly It's almost incomprehensible. So way back in the 1980s, President uh, George Herbert Walker Bush declared that if genetically modified crops looked like regular foods, then they they were foods. They were regular foods. And the government would not spend any federal money on testing or researching their safety or efficacy. No. We're not going to waste our money. If it looks like an ear of corn, it is an ear of corn. There's no need to, to test that Frankenfood ear of corn, Roundup Ready Terminator seed. I mean, this is how wicked these devils are, top to bottom, in our wonderful governmental system. And it's been that way a long time. They've all sold their soul to Satan, as far as I'm concerned. To get to that level, it just doesn't happen by chance. Okay, maybe there's some exceptions. I don't know. I hope there is. But for the most part, that's just one example of the... I mean, that by itself, when good old George Herbert Walker Bush did that, who knows how many, ultimately, lives are going to be cut short as a result of that one decision that has now snowballed into what we're facing today regarding the subject of GMOs. Okay, so as a result, it has been, it has since been a battle royale for independent scientists to show that these foods are indeed questionable as to their safety for human or animal consumption. See, if it's not on their agenda, I mean, if they're trying to implement something that's going to kill us, they're just going to act as though it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and there's no debate here, it's a wonderful food, how dare you question our whatever, and we're not going to give you any credence, for any arguments you bring against it. But things that are good, like raw milk or vitamins, herbs, and minerals, which they're trying to take away, they're raiding uh, you know, Amish farmers and places that produce raw milk and things of this nature. Those things, which actually promote real health, they're going to go after them like rabid dogs. That's what you know. we should just expect. I hate to say that, but that's the way... Um, the world has evolved. So, obvious evidence from around the world shows that farm animals consuming GMOs, as well as mice and hamsters in laboratory tests, have a high incidence of death and deformity in second and third generation offspring, spontaneous abortion, and sterility. Okay, so where do we sign up? You know, farm animals, 
mice hamsters who consume GMOs, high incidence of death, deformity, and second and third generation offspring. Spontaneous abortions and sterility. Doesn't that kind of fit the whole agenda of depopulation? Or is it just me? (laughs) I mean, am I just reading too far into things? I mean, you know. Isn't that what they want to do? Kill, steal, destroy, reduce world population to 500 million? Well, hey, if everybody's eating GMOs, we can expect in the second and third generation, and probably with all the other stuff they're doing, on top of that, no, 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 it's going to happen a whole lot quicker. We're just talking about GMOs here. They're doing a plethora of things, a myriad of things, to kill us as well. So this is just going to be part of that big satanic equation to bring death and destruction on humanity. Totally fits fits um, that pattern. So these plants have infiltrated growing fields around the world and their derivatives are in nearly all our foods. See, what happens is, is they'll plant, these devils plant these, uh, and I'm not saying all farmers are devils, but you know, they have really, I don't know. It's hard for me to say a lot of them haven't sold out. I'm sorry, because I see them caving into this agenda. And I don't know what else I can think. You know, I'm not saying all, but I'm saying a lot. So, I don't ever like to make blanket statements. Everyone, like I know everyone on the planet. I don't, okay? I'm just saying a whole lot have. This is a gigantic problem. I mean, I don't think there'd be any dispute about that. But what happens is, is they plant these seeds these Monsanto good old Terminator Frankenfood death seeds in their fields, and then Farmer Joe, a field over, who doesn't have the GMOs, or maybe, let's say, maybe he's trying to even grow organic. Now, with organic, you have to have buffer fields around there. So, I mean, I think this would be harder for this to happen. But what invariably happens is, is if there's a field um, next to you, and it's not using these GMO seals, well, some of the seeds are going to blow over there. Monsanto is actually sending people out to these other fields and finding them because they're saying, you're stealing our technology because we have a patent on this stuff. And they don't even want this garbage. That's happened a lot too. It's all by design. It's all by design. Control and conquer, essentially. Uh, so, that's why it says the plants have infiltrated growing fields from around the world and their derivatives are in nearly all our foods. Problems are arising in spite of the hyped improved crop yield, which is the garbage junk science that they use initially in order to sell these seeds to the farmers. Oh, you're going to get improved crop yield. You're going to, well, the love of money is the root of all evil. Why would you say that? Well, improved crop yield, more money in my pocket at the end. Now, I'm not saying farmers don't work for their money. I grew up, essentially, on a dairy farm when I was a little kid. I would go back there before I started, well, actually, even, um, I would go up to Ohio for the summers, for about a month, usually. I mean, from way back from when I can remember. And when my mom, uh, when I was little, my mom and dad both worked, and they dropped me off at a, um, it was the second largest dairy farm, privately owned dairy farm in Ohio. Okay? They pretty much raised me till I was about four, at least in part. So I grew up on a dairy farm. And and I would go back in the summers, and when I got to a certain age, and I would actually work on that farm, in addition to working 
with my grandparents during the summer when I got back, or however that timed out, in the lawn service that I was in as well. So, I know farm work is not easy. I know that. Um, It's hard work. And particularly when you got, you know, a big farm and there's so much to do every day. And it's not like you can take a day off. You know, those cows, they're they're not, you know, they they need to be fed and there's so many things that have to be tended to. So, I have a lot of respect for farmers in general. Okay, but again... Satan has gotten into the mix there, and he's tried to pervert this whole thing. And so I just want you to understand, it's not like I'm not against, like, I, I've been there, you know, and, 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 and seen a lot regarding that. So let's go further here. Uh, let's see here. Complete fields are collapsing. New, quote, super weeds are growing and overspraying of pesticides and Roundup are destroying the biology of the growing soil. So, what's ha- what happens invariably? You have your Terminator Super Frankenfood Franken Seed. Well, now you're going to have super weeds. Because the Roundup isn't going to work on the big super weeds. It's like, when somebody takes an antibiotic, and the bacteria, which is all antibiotics can treat, because it cannot treat a virus. Anyway, the antibiotics um, you give somebody... Well, certain strains of the bacteria will mutate in order to compensate for the antibiotic. Now, this doesn't happen with things like colloidal silver and if your own immune system is battling it. Okay, But it will happen with antibiotics, invariably. So then you get what these call super strains of bacteria, like MRSA, which stands for Multiple Resistant Staph Aureus. Super strain staph that can kill you from an infected you know, wound. Well, it's the same thing now with these super weeds. It's like a very, very similar uh, parallel. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Complete fields are collapsing, new super weeds are growing, and overspraying of pesticides and Roundup are destroying the biology of the growing soil. I mean, also what's really fun about that whole thing is not only are you eating the Franken food, but you're eating, if unless you're uh, soaking the um, the foods in some type of soapy, vinegary, vinegary uh, vegetable-slash-fruit bath, you're getting a lot of the pesticides right off the vegetable or the fruit. Now, there are certain ways you can, you know, like I said, vinegar, a little bit of soap, uh, I would prefer you use a natural soap, these types of things, hydrogen peroxide's good. I've heard of people ozonating, the actual water. I think, though, that you need to use some type of surfactant to break down the chemical bond of the pesticide, though, and that would be some type of soapy substance. Now, I don't mean, like, spraying Dawn all over your, your, uh, whatever. You know, I mean, like, some type of natural soap would be best. Anyway, I just want to kind of give you best-case scenario there of how to do that. Anyway, GMO crops were never tested over the long haul. And now the very worm the farmers wanted to avoid are developing a resistance to the GM corn. The worms are developing a resistance. They're, they're mutating in order to compensate. Organically grown crops are being contaminated by the wind and cross-pollination. Because, see, the bees go and they pollinate a GMO crop and they pollinate an organic crop. That's, they're being contaminated through cross-pollination. That's something that I don't know how you'd avoid that. 
The farmers are being sued for stealing Monsanto's property. I just mentioned that scenario. They can't afford to fight the monster company. So they're losing their farms and lifetime investments. Monsanto hires private thugs to secretly inspect organic farms in order to accomplish these takedowns. I'm telling you, Monsanto, that's a company to specifically put on your prayer list. To pray against the wickedness that that wicked, evil, devil company is perpetuating against humanity. Most people wouldn't even ever think about doing that. But I think because Christians haven't known about specific wickedness actively um, working in the world, they don't pray about specific things. Oh, it's a company. Oh, they're, they're fine, you know. No, I'm telling you, that's that's the height of evil, Monsanto. So, it's just something to think about with prayer. Let's go further. The predatory big ag or big agriculture companies have declared war on smaller farmers and us. Scientists believe that once the distorted DNA of these plants goes into our bodies, that our own DNA is then invaded and that our intestines can literally become pesticide factories. I'm not 100% sure how that all works, but I have read that before. So ultimately, it's not just about really corrupting the, the DNA of the plant, it's about corrupting the DNA of you and I through the GMO foods. Monsanto has put up vicious attacks on scientists to try to warn about GMO dangers. It's called damage control. Recently, the USDA ignored an urgent letter from Purdue scientists about a newly discovered pathogen in the GMOs, pleading with them not to approve Monsanto's new GM alfalfa. The USDA has even um, defied an appeals court order not to approve it until an environmental impact study was conducted, but they approved it anyway. Since Monsanto lobbied against their frankenfoods being labeled and won, see, they don't want anybody to know they're eating Not only do they want to kill you and do this to the plants, they don't want you to have any right to know what you're eating. And they won that. Okay? Because all that happened, we've become the de facto environmental impact study. See, we're we're a big... You and I, anyone eating this type of food, or potentially eating it, we're their environmental impact study. We're their little science project. You and I, we're we're guinea pigs. So, there's a new um, film out. It's called Scientists Under Attack. Now, I'm I'm going to just play the trailer for us. Um, Now, this is, they're trying to sell the movie. I'm not trying to sell it to you. I'm just going to read you the kind of the description. Uh, It's a must-see investigation into the scientist research, researching the health impacts of genetically modified foods. And there's a little link here if you want to actually get a real copy uh, it's saying show during October's non-GMO month. It's I guess this is non-GMO month. I, I wasn't being politically correct enough. I haven't got my non-GMO October month shirts yet. I, I've got them ordered though. I do have them ordered, and even the hats. I even got an oven mitt coming. Non-October non-GMO oven mitt. You know. Anyway, just kidding. Sorry. A little humor. Um, invite all your friends and encourage them to spread the word. Uh, and it's called Biotech's Dirty Tricks Exposed in New Documentary Called Scientists Under Attack. 
And uh, I'm going to go ahead and just play the trailer for you right now. It's pretty interesting here. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and roll this right now. And it's about three minutes, and I'm just going to let it play. The attack on scientists is very well structured by the biotech industry. It's systematic, it's worldwide, it's very coordinated. It's part of the way that they do business. Okay, so essentially what this is in reference to is the scientists that are coming out proving that the GMOs are basically death, that they're targeting those scientists to shut them up. That's what this actual documentary is all about. What's, I think, very unique in my case is that I survived. One of the reasons why we are lining up now is, of course, to protect ourselves against the attacks which will continue to come, of course, because we are obviously threatening to the markets of uh, the producers of genetically modified organisms and other genetically engineered products. So, in other words, the scientists now are banding together out of fearing for their own lives and their own careers, and they're banding together, which is probably a pretty smart thing. Our discovery that we were finding transgenic corn maybe a thousand miles from the nearest legal transgenic corn field was a huge problem for them because it really showed very simply and with real evidence that they really did not have control. Now, how could that happen? How could you have a transgenic or GMO cornfield and then a thousand miles away find that same corn? Well, if a bird ate the corn kernel, and I don't want to get too graphic here, but, you know, and flew, migrated, and then, you know, you know they what they do, and, well, that corn grows... And then it puts out the old Frankenfood Terminator seed thing. And then it starts to contaminate everything else. No one gets up in the morning saying, I want to go buy a genetically engineered food. They offer no benefits. No more nutrition, no more flavor, no nothing. They only offer risks. His brilliant design showed that it wasn't the insecticide that caused the problems. It was somehow the process of creating the genetically engineered potato. They asked me, would you eat it? I said, no, certainly not that the GM potatoes we worked on. If, if I could avoid it, I would certainly avoid it. I believe that was the guy that actually did the study on these genetically modified potatoes in order to prove that they were safe. And then when he did the study, he found out, whoa. And then he jumped ship. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. The next morning, Arpad Pustai was fired after 35 years and silenced with threats of a lawsuit. Okay, that was the gentleman that just spoke that was talking about the potatoes. He was fired essentially the next day. And, you know, that's how they do things. That's how they roll. They did not want people to have that knowledge and not want them to have that choice. So this isn't just a story about science. It's a story about knowledge, democracy, and freedom of choice. 
they should not use our fellow citizens as human guinea pigs. Virtually every food that you uh, consume, including you in Germany, has some genetically modified product in it, okay, whether it's soybeans or corn. So remember that the animal that has been fed on GM has been changed. Now, when it's literally changing their DNA, and if we eat it, it's going to do that to us too, because you know. So that's just something to bear in mind. You are eating that animal fed on. GM, you will be eating a different animal. It's Frankenfoods. I think that's it. So that was the trailer. You can order the whole, uh, this whole uh, scientist under attack, and I give you the link there in the actual PDF. It'll be the PDF for October 9th, 2011, and it'll be on page, it looks like, four, or five, I don't know, yeah, five. So, just to say a little bit more about that particular documentary, one question means one career. This was the harsh warning of UC Berkeley's professor, Ignacio Chapella, for those daring to conduct independent research on genetically engineered foods and crops. So see, if it's evil... It's defended, you know, to the nth degree. If it's good, if it's going to help humanity, if it's going to be something that's going to make us healthy or something that's going to, you know, uh, good food for our bodies, that's going to be attacked. So the Bible says, woe to them that call evil good and good evil. But unfortunately, that's pretty much the norm in the day and times we're living in. So, he goes on to say, you ask one question, you get the answer and you might or might not be able to publish it. But that is the end of your career. So in other words, even if you ask a question, like, okay, let's say it's obvious. Well, yeah, this study just proved that this GMO's killing all the animals it was tested on. I mean, obviously, you might think that that might generate a question or two. Well, you might get the answer. You might or might not be able to publish it. But then he says, but that's the end of your career. You're, you're gone. You're done, essentially. Um, both he and the biologist, Arpad Pustazi, dared to ask questions and do research. And then, and then all you know what broke loose. Very stunning visuals filmed on three continents. Veteran German filmmaker Bertram Verhag tracks the fate of these two scientists at the hands of a multi-billion dollar industry that is desperate to hide the dangers of their genetically modified organisms. See, Satan loves to do everything in secret. And in the dark. Why? Because their deeds were evil. They loved darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. That's from, you know, in the New Testament. So see, Satan wants to keep as much of what, like we're going over today, in the dark. So that you're not aware of it. So that you'll be destroyed for lack of knowledge. So that he will get an advantage of you because you are ignorant of his devices. And so that you can't go and reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them, which is what this would fall under that banner of. See, if you don't know about it, how are you going to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them? 
God wants us to make them manifest, to shed light on them, to reprove them, so that other people are not destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, and so anyway, let's go further here because this is gonna—I mean, this is a huge issue here. You, we're talking about totally changing our DNA through eating these foods, which I've kept saying over and over again is their major, major, major agenda through vaccinations, now through GM foods, and probably a myriad of other ways. But I think these are the two big ones. Going further here, let's see here. Uh, I kind of lost out where I was where I was at here. Okay, so I I got it again. Uh, BR Online, which is a I don't know some news publication, they say quote of this film, belief in noble and incorrupt research and science is reduced to absurdity. Um, Art House says that the movie shows how purchased truth becomes the currency in a perfidious business between science and multinationals. So purchase truth. But see, it's purchased lies, really. Under, you know, it's lies wrapped in a veneer of truth would have been a more accurate way to state that. Uh, GM Watch, these are different publications, writes, quote, the original research showing problems with GM crops is buried under deluge of smears and follow-up studies, and follow-up studies are not done, end of quote. Dr. Pustazi voiced his concerns about the health risks of genetically modified foods during a nationally televised interview in August of 1998. This is a long time ago. His was not simply another voice in a contentious debate, though. Pustazi was the world leader in his field. Now, I believe that was the, the gentleman talking about the uh, potato. Um... So, Pastazzi was the world leader in his field, and he had received major government funding to come up with the official method for testing the safety of GM foods. His protocols were supposed to become the required test before any new, new GMO entered the European market. Pastazzi was an insider and an advocate of GM foods. That is, until he actually ran those tests on supposedly harmless GM potatoes. The high-tech spuds were engineered to produce their own pesticide. The point of the whole genetic modification experiment... I mean, that, that's natural. I mean, come on. Why can't we just have, you know, potatoes producing their own uh, pesticides? Uh, I mean, that's so Frankensteinish. The point of the whole genetic modification experiment was to protect the potato against aphids, which are one of the major pests in Scotland. He said his team inserted a gene from the snowdrop plant into the potatoes. Evidently, they've got some kind of protection against potatoes. Okay, Which did, in fact, protect the GM crop from the insects. As part of the safety studies, he fed that insecticide-producing GMO potato to the rats. To rats. Along with a complete and balanced diet. Another group of the rats ate natural potatoes. A third group of rats fed was fed not only the natural potatoes, but they also received a dose of the same insecticide that the GMO potato produced. This way, if the insecticide was truly the harmful component, he would see the same health problems in both uh, the group that ate the GM potatoes and those that ate the diet spiked with the insecticide. To his surprise, only those that ate the GM potato 
had the severe problems. Not the ones that even ate the natural potatoes with the insecticide. They were okay. It's almost like you go in there and you tinker with God's creation. This is part of, the potatoes are part of God's creation. And it's almost like instant retribution. You know, it's like don't mess with what God put here. There's going to be repercussions. That's what I get out of it. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I, that's what it screams out to me. Because if it wasn't that, then there would be equal repercussions when the other group, which was fed natural potatoes and the insecticide, there would be, but there wasn't. It was when they, it was only in the group that ate the GM potatoes. They had the severe problems. In every organ and every system he looked at. Wow. I mean, that's... They're trying to kill us. They're trying to kill us. It's so flagrantly obvious that they're doing this. And this is, again, we're just looking at one little point here. After animals were killed and dissected, Pustazi recalled, quote, We found out that in comparison with the non-genetically modified potatoes, their internal organs develop differently. Remember what he was saying about uh, if you eat that animal or that cow or whatever? It, it said it in the trailer. He says it's not, it's not the same animal anymore. It's something different. It's like transhumanistic animals. So, their intestines and stomach lining, for example, increased in size, the liver and kidneys were smaller, and the overall rate of growth was retarded, and the immune system suffered. Pustazi emphasized, quote, they found in those, in the data, that um, 36 of 36, very highly significant differences between the GM-fed animals and the non-GM-fed animals. In every single case, huge differences. Since the rats that ate the natural potatoes plus the insecticide did not have these issues, there was one obvious conclusion. The process of genetically engineering the potatoes caused the unpredicted side effects, not even the, the insecticide in this case, which turned a harmless food into a dangerous one. Wow. Honestly, I never even knew it was this bad. I didn't realize GM was like it's. I didn't realize it was this bad. I had no conception until I actually started doing a little bit of research here. So, um, on a related note, I got this article this week. Government tests find Roundup. Remember Roundup? We just talked about. They were splicing it into the corn. It's what I used when I was a young kid to spray weeds. Well, government tests find Roundup widespread in water and in air. Uh, Glyphosate, one of the most heavily used weed killers in the world, which is Roundup, has been found in air, rain, and rivers in two states examined by government scientists. According to the U.S. Geographical Geological Study, uh, Glyphosate also known by its trade name as Roundup, has been commonly found in rain and rivers in agricultural areas in Mississippi River watersheds. So it's 
That stuff's everywhere. Now, there's a. I'm not going to go and say anything more about that. There is a link here you can click on on any of these stories if you want to explore any of the points we're talking about further. But related posts, I'm just going to read you the titles here. Roundup, birth defects caused by world's top-selling weed killer, scientists say. Second article is coming in 2012, genetically modified front lawns and mass spraying of neighborhoods and playgrounds with Roundup. Okay. Then the third, GMO deregulation, which is an act of war. These are just different studies you can click on. I just, I got 19 points to cover and I just can't go into every one of them in depth. Now, this is a little thing that says, tell the FDA to label my food. Now, I understand, you know, the, the Federal Death Administration, the FDA, uh, but the thing is, is if we do nothing, if we just say, okay, it's all good, I'm not going to protest at all. You can do whatever you want to to my food. That gives them the green light to implement their draconian agendas even further. So I believe to a certain extent being proactive, speaking out against these things, is also a good thing, and also praying about them. So it's non-GMO month. Uh, Help us by signing the petition to require the FDA to label our food. And I give you the link there. In a country that labels everything from cosmetics to cleaning agents, it's surprising that there are no laws in the U.S. requiring labeling of genetically engineered foods. Again, all by design. The FDA undertakes no GMO safety of its own. Instead, they allow companies like Monsanto, who told us that DDT, PCBs, and Agent Orange was safe to determine uh, was safe to determine if their GMOs are safe. So we're trusting Monsanto to do the right thing regarding GMOs. I mean, that's like saying, okay, Satan, we know you're not going to do the wrong thing. Now, we, we're going to put our health in your hands. We're going to put our food supply in your hands. And we know, Satan, that you'll never, ever betray us or lie to us about anything. That's what it's like doing this with Monsanto. It's total insanity. Internal FDA documents reveal that the agency's own scientists warned of serious health risks and urged long-term testing, but were denied. Now many doctors prescribe non-GMO diets citing serious health disorders, lab animals, and the lab animals fed the GMOs. Don't be a lab animal. Uh, Now you can watch, there's a little trailer you can watch which dramatizes this. It's called Dining in the Dark. It's a little video. I'm not going to play it because most of it is a visual. And what it is is it shows these people sitting down to eat and they all have blindfolds on. And like the cat's up there eating the food off their plate. They can't see anything. You know, and they're, they're, you know, but it's, that's what we're doing when we, um, when we eat GMOs. We don't know what we're even eating anymore. Unless you're eating like out of your own organic garden grown with heirloom seeds, which would be the best way. But obviously, it's not practical for most people. Uh, And again, I wish I had a better answer. I got an email this week from a listener, and he said that his professor told him that the organics have been, you know, a lot of them are actually bought off, and uh, the organic companies pay inspectors or whatever, and, uh, you know, it never ends. So, again, I think praying over the food, the Bible talks about, you know, praying over the food, sanctifying the food, you know, God can, but... If at all possible, we should try to be avoiding these types of foods, okay, as well. And um, I'm not saying God can't preserve us, 
but I'm just trying to kind of give you both sides of the equation there. So that's all we have to really say about the uh, the uh, GMOs. Let's go ahead and go into Corexit. Uh, Corexit, during the Gulf uh, oil disaster, now, if you haven't heard the teachings I've done on the Gulf oil disaster, particularly when it was going down, I did, I don't know how many, a ton. It's literally what, what was one of the main reasons that we got out of Florida. God opened the doors for us, but it was really one of the deciding factors for us leaving Florida was the Gulf uh, oil disaster. Nothing's changed, as I said way back then, and this is just more proof of this. Corexit is what they sprayed over all the oil sheen and all the leaking oil in order to um, basically to break the oil up into small microparticles and sink them to the bottom of the sea. Therefore, out of sight, out of mind. Just reminds me of something Satan would do. You know, oh, let's just get the problem out of sight. Let's put it under the cover of darkness like he tries to do with everything. And therefore, you know, the people of the world won't even know anything's going on. So, during the Gulf oil disaster, BP defied the EPA's order not to apply this highly toxic, deadly poison into the seawater. A no-fly zone was and still is in force, so the public will not see the spraying continues to this day. There has been a news blackout imposed on scientists, researchers, doctors, who are trying to diagnose and treat the many diseases that the Gulf War residents are sick and dying from. Plants and humans are being affected far far inland, but no one knows the extent of the damage. The Corexit has produced new and deadly bacteria, one known as the Blue Plague. Now, I've talked about all these points, specifically, so if you want to know more, just key in, like, uh, maybe Gulf, Oil, uh, or BP, in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com, and you should start finding those teachings I've done. Uh, Let's go further here. Plants and humans are being affected far, far inland, but no one knows the extent of the damage. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Has anyone heard the numbers of the premature deaths deaths on the Gulf Coast compared with that of normal death rates? No, I didn't think so. Somehow the news did leak through, though, that the oil spill has blown open and is gushing oil again. I don't know if it was ever really stopped. I don't think it was. Why? Because they fractured the sea bottom. Okay, they fractured it and they tried to cap it at its source, and what it did is it caused fracturing of all this pressurized oil, and it sought the path of least resistance up to the surface, so now they've got multiple areas, apart from the actual oil spill, where they actually drilled down uh, into the Earth's crust there, now they've got all these other areas that have been fractured out from that, that are leaking as well. And I don't know how you stop an oil spill like that. I mean, it'd be extremely hard. It's an absolute beyond a mess. So, uh, let's see here. That the oil spill has blown open and is gushing oil again, although it's questionable that it ever stopped. Gee, if oil drilling expert Matt Simmons was still here, maybe he could find out. He gave very good reports on TV. But it was funny, he died alone in a hot tub one night from what they said was a heart attack. In other words, there's dead bodies surrounding this as well. Now, for more information on this, you can go to floridaoilspill.com. That, I followed them from the very beginning. They give up to the hour information regarding 
stories that still come in every single day that are totally blacked out regarding this particular subject. If you think that this has been that this is just going away or it's not an issue anymore, go to Florida Oil Spill Law. Com. I give you a link here in the PDF, floridaoilspilllaw.com, and just go up there once a day and just kind of look at the stories. It's just every day, new stuff, documenting all this. Now, as a remedy here, um, I had a listener send me this the other day. It's an interview with, uh, the guest is called Perry A. <laughs> I guess that's a thing of the whole Springwater Perrier. Anyway, it's Perry A. and Patricia Springstead. Uh, it's uh, Joyce Myers, no, not Joyce Myers, my word, uh, Joyce Riley, I'm sorry, <laughs> Joyce Myers, <laughs> sorry, uh, Joyce Riley, the um, nurse from Desert Storm. Anyway, she's interviewing the Perry A. and Patricia Springstead, okay, I'm just going to kind of read you this, and i give you the links here. I listen to both hours. Highly informative, good stuff, really practical solutions. This is more, now we're getting more into remedies for some of this stuff, okay? Many already know the healing prof benefits of clay. And in this case, we're talking about bentonite clay. And Perry A. has a special guest who is using the bentonite clay to help people affected by the poisoning in the Gulf. Patricia Springstead is a registered nurse, holds a master's degree in biological sciences. She's part of the Gulf Rescue Alliance, which is a coalition of medical professionals, concerned scientists, seafood and tourism industry professionals, attorneys, businesses, civic and government leaders, and citizens committed to restoring the long-term health of the Gulf of Mexico. I give you the two links here you can listen to, tells you how to download them, the whole nine yards. And then I give you a whole bunch of resources from their websites, Patricia's sites, uh, related videos uh, regarding this, Patricia addressing the Coast Guard, uh, current articles in the news regarding this. Uh, I'll just give you a couple of the titles. Uh, Gulf killifish shows adverse effects due to BP oil spill disaster. Fish still suffering from BP oil spill. BP oil spill affects more than people. Gulf oil spill response should address the overall ecosystem. It goes on and on and on every single day. It's just a total media blackout. That's what we should exp expect from Satan, essentially. It's his system. So, uh, then they give you some links to other information sources, like what independent scientists have to say about the Gulf oil spill, and what fishermen have to say, and what the public has to say. Uh, 30 minute documentary on crisis in the Gulf. I mean, if, you know, I've covered this so in depth in times past, and r literally nothing's changed, other than maybe the worsening, other than more the long term. Um, you know, downstream effects of this. Then we get in, well, action items, tell Congress to repeal big oil giveaways, tell Congress to repeal oil subsidies and invest in clean energy. These are some little proactive things. And then also related articles on clay, which is what they really focus in on. It tells you all about bentonite clay, how you can detox with it, uh, how you can use it. It's totally harmless to consume this. Not only is bentonite clay... A remedy for radiation, which is what I covered with Fukushima, but it's also uh, an excellent remedy for this toxicity from the Gulf oil spill. Whether it's the Corexit they're spraying on people, or whether it's the fumes from the oil and of the Corexit, uh, which is killing 
not only killed ton of, tons of the sea life, but also killing a lot of the people breathing this toxic garbage in. The clay can be a wonderful way to detox from that. You can take clay baths. Uh, you can um, uh, ingest it. You can use it as a poultice. I tell you what, I, I wanted to mention this. Um, they she talked about it being able to heal broken bones very quickly, and I said like the uh, week before, I just it was satanic, satanic attack. Rolled my ankle for no reason at all. I was in my house with full boots on, uh, like work boots, and on carpet, and my foot just rolled under me, like violently for no reason. My KJV Bible CD player had just quit working like the day before. A lot of other weird things happened that day. Rolled my ankle for no reason. Dislocated it. I dislocated my right ankle. It was excruciating. For no reason. It was purely satanic attack. I know it was. Well, I had done a lot of different stuff on that ankle. Um, DMSO. I was taking all the uh, herbal anti-inflammatories. Systemic enzyme therapy. Uh, I had a whole bunch of other little gizmos here to accelerate the healing process. Ice, heat. Uh, alternating that with magnesium oil, all kind of stuff. And had gotten some improvement, but really was still having a lot of problems. I put, I had some clay, but you know, you forget about stuff. Particularly if you have a lot of remedies for stuff. You forget about, okay, what's listed for this. I put that clay on the ankle and made a poultice and just wrapped it in like an ace bandage. Did that just two nights in a row. I truly believe that had more of an impact on my ankle. Now, granted, I'm not saying God couldn't heal it, okay? But a lot of times, God, I believe, will let something maybe happen. And in this case here, I can reach thousands of people through this broadcast so that I can turn around and tell someone else, hey, you want to have this in your end-time survival kit. You want to have this, you know, not only is it good for um, chemicals, and it's good for detoxing, and it's good for healing, and a myriad of other things. But it's also good for uh, the radiation. If we were to get hit with, like, let's say, nuclear meltdown like in America, excellent for that. Um, One more thing that you can have, you know, you can use it with your pets. You can, uh, like, I'm just going to read you some of the titles. Detoxify with calcium bentonite clay foot baths. Uh, I'm telling you, I put this a poultice on my, my ankle, right over the area, slathered this stuff on. It's kind of messy. I mean, you know, you, you want to have, make sure you like, you know, if you're going to use this as a poultice, uh, just put it on thick, wrap it with an ace bandage, like maybe put another uh, wrap over that, and just let it go to sleep, and let it kind of do its thing. And I'll tell you, I mean, my ankles, it's not 100% by any stretch of the imagination, but... I had a gauge of what was really, really helping, and that seemed to be the biggest thing that I've done That where I made a huge jump in healing in a very short period of time. And I'm telling you, I was pulling out everything but the kitchen sink in order to try to treat this ankle. So maybe that all happened just so I could be on air to tell you about this. And I got no problem with that. That's, that's fine. You know, because if I can help you, that's what I'm here for. So... Anyway, um, there's more things. A practical guide to removing toxins from the body. Uh, detoxifying in the wake of the BP oil disaster with calcium bentonite clay. And then it says how to mix the living clay. They sell the brand. They sell living. They say it's really pure and, and 
I'm sure it is. Uh, how to mix living clay detox powder into a liquid form. Uh, how to do it in a clay bath. Again, I'm not, and again, I'm not getting anything for this. I'm just putting this information out there for you. Um, and then a whole bunch of more information on clay, kinds of clay, how clay works, how to mix the clay, the history of clay healing. Um, what about claymation? I, that's the one link they don't have. You know, I, I want to see a link on claymation, like those little claymation cartoons you saw when your little kids on. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, and then a must-read: How to Kickstart Your Day with Living Clay. Hey, that rhymed. And um, then the book I think they were really recommending uh, was the Living Clay: Nature's Own Miracle Cure. I think she lists like I don't know a hundred or two hundred ways or something of ways practical ways you can use this bentonite clay. I want to get that book that you might not have been aware of. You know, I didn't know you could use it over a broken bone. They say you can use this stuff. Now, granted, if it's a displaced broken bone, I don't think you, you know, have a compound fracture, bone sticking out of your leg or something. And yeah, I think that's a little beyond the scope of clay. But if it's a, let's say it's a non-displaced fracture in the body, meaning it's not like, something that needs to be set might be an ideal way. I also know that putting a North Pole magnet over a broken bone will typically heal that bone in about half the time. I had a little baby one time. Uh, parents, that I never saw the baby, but they asked me what they could do for a broken bone. Baby must have fallen down or something, or something happened. And I said, put a North Pole magnet over the, over the fracture site. And I think at the time, I... I said, recommended this product from Standard Process called Biost, which is a bone toughener uh, healing accelerator of bones called Biost, B-I-O-S-T. And just maybe take one tablet a day and put it in their formula or something for food. And they took it back to the doc, the baby back to the doctor, and I believe the fracture um, healed, I think, 60% faster than it should have between the magnet and the bios. Now, I want to give the Lord Jesus Christ the credit, but I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things you can do that will produce almost miracle-like effects if applied properly. And the sooner you can apply them, the better. So, and then anyway, they give you some linked, links to their products. Their cleaning, cleansing clay mask, and then they also have charcoal products. Charcoal's also very good. I talked with another guy, another uh, gentleman, uh, up here in North Carolina, and he told me about how he was sending down charcoal to charcoal kits to the people that were devastated by the BP oil disaster. And that that also was another tremendous way. I take charcoal, oh, I don't know, every two or three days. I got a bottle out here. I'll take it with some stuff. I do the clay with... If you're, gonna, if you're out and you're traveling and you can't eat right, okay, which, you know, life happens type of thing... I really believe the clay is a tremendous thing you can take with your food that will bind up a ton of the bad properties of food. Um, the um, toxicity, chemicals, um, very, very, very good for that. It's also an internal detoxifier. So anyway, I give you all the information you would need to know to, to uh, implement all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and end part two here because I've pretty much run out of time on this particular study. So God bless you and see you in the next part.